We're going to talk about remembering right now. So as the kids are headed back, just, uh, you know, there's a lot of things we're supposed to remember. Um, but there's some things we don't have to remember anymore. I thought about this when we were, you know, you're supposed to change your clocks back last night. And so some of our clocks we have to, but we have a clock on our vanity. And then these kind of clocks, I, I didn't have to. Um, and actually, the time when you set them back an hour, usually that's a real gift, right? But Pastor Diane and I were looking at sleeping out all night with kids and went, oh, good, an extra hour. <laughs> it was awesome. Anyway, um, so you don't have to remember that on all of our clocks anymore. And, and remember when you used to have to, re- some of you, not, oh, not old enough, but um, when I was a youth pastor 30 years ago, I had every single one of my kids' phone, phone numbers in my head. Because if you can believe it, that was the only way to get in touch with them was to call their home, and it had a cord. And some, some people still had... Anyway, I'm going, I'm going geezer on you right now. But, but uh, you know, we don't have to remember phone numbers anymore. But there's other things that we do have to remember, and some of these devices help us. We have to remember appointments and, and things. And so we have calendars now. We have electronic calendars, and we have alerts that will tell us what to do. And just like the bracelet that the kids got, and just like the crown that they're going to put on their heads, we have these reminders of things that are important and not so important. And think about birthdays, for example. Most people remember their own birthday, right? Although sometimes when we go older, we go, oh my gosh, that's right, I had another one. But... Um, um, and you should remember your own, and, and most of you know all the important people in your life, right? But all of your friends, you don't remember all their birthdays unless, right? Unless you're on Facebook and you get an alert every day to tell you that this obscure friend you went to high school with a long time ago that you never have ever talked to since then, but they're your friend, it's their birthday, and you have a choice whether to greet them or not. And of course, the news and the media and the social media continually give us reminders of things that somebody has decided is important. I mean, really, who doesn't know the answer to this question? What happened this week that hadn't happened for 108 years? If you're confused, you're not listening. Anyway, um, but uh, go Cubs. But what I want to get at now for just a few minutes is what are the important things to remember? Some of these short-term important, like an important, like a like an appointment we have, or the things you need to know for a test at school or something, or or something that you re- need to remember to follow up, and they're important in a, on a short-term basis. But what are the things that are are really really important? In living the life of biblical faith, there there's lots that's important to remember. For the Israelites, way way back, we've been reading the first five books of the Bible. We're almost done. This week we close out Deuteronomy. There's a lot of things that are important. And for those of us who are seeking to follow Jesus, there's a lot of important things to remember about who God is, about who we are, how we are to follow. But in today's reading that Damon read and that Diana talked about, Moses, in effect, says this, this is the most important thing to remember. The Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Moses said this really is the most important thing. And Jesus 1,400 years later, you know, sometimes we tend to think back all that Bible stuff happened kind of close to each other. 1,400 years after Moses, Jesus goes, you know, Moses was right. This is the most important thing to remember. Somebody that was trying to test Jesus said, what is the most important commandment? And Jesus said, the most important commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then Jesus added, and others like it, that comes from Leviticus, love your neighbor as yourself. You see, Moses and Jesus agreed because they were both good, good Jewish men who had, had learned this. This, this. These words of love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, this was their main confession of faith. They said it every single day as devout Jewish men. It has a Jewish name, it has a Hebrew name that's spelled this way. It looks like Shema, but it's actually pronounced Shema. 
And the Shema is the Hebrew word for hear. <laughs> hear. It came into, did you hear it? There's twice in, this, in the text. Hear. Hear, O Israel. Listen. The Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord. This is the most important thing, says Moses, and so does Jesus. Remember that it is one God. All of these nations around you and the people that you're going to need to conquer in the, in the promised land have multiple gods with small g's. But there is only one God. That was going to be so important for them to remember as they entered into the promised land. And as they confronted all of these different people who worship and serve <coughs> all of these different gods. And Moses is getting them ready. And that one God, you were to love him. You were to have love for the God. And this love is not just an emotion or a feeling going, yeah, I, I love God. Me and God, you know, I love God. It's not just an emotion. It really means, especially here in Scripture, an action. To love is to be faithful and loyal in filling the obligations of the covenant relationship with God. To love God means to do what God says. To love God means to do what God calls us to do. It means following the commandments. It means avoiding the sins that will destroy them as a people if they're not careful when they go into the promised land. He's just not making up rules so that they are burned with rules, but saying, this is what will give you life and will bring life to generations after you. That's how they were to love God. To love, love for God is demonstrated by what we do, not merely by what we feel or say we believe. Our love is demonstrated by what we do. <clears throat> Then Moses emphasized just how important this is to remember. He says, make it part of your everyday life. Make it part of your everyday life. Make sure it's learned by your children. Better yet, make sure your children see you modeling this trust in the one true God. Make sure your children can see you loving in your actions. Make sure your children hear you speaking truth. Make sure your children hear you speaking truth into every part of your day, how you do your day, how you do your job. <clears throat> how you relate to each other as parents. Make sure your children see you and hear you loving God in the ways that you treat the people in their life. This is not just stuff for the religious part of our life. This is not just the churchy things we're supposed to learn, or in those days, the tabernacle-y things that they were supposed to learn. This is life. This is how you live your life. This is the most important thing to remember, says Moses. And, of course, repetition for, for children is, is how, how we often learn this. So repeat this day after day. It's how we learn things. It's how we learn speech. The stories that we read over and over to our children are the ones that they can read back to us even when they can't read. The videos we watch over and over again. And for us as adults, it's songs that we've heard over and over again. I'm not even going to say the name of the song that they sung a lot this last week because that will be stuck in your head. And even by me mentioning Go Cubs Go, it's already in your head, some of you. <laughs> Sorry. My three-year-old grandson, Parker, sings Let It Go from Frozen every day. <laughs> he doesn't read, but he can sing that song. Things that are repeated often get, get stuck in our head. But applying these things to real life is how it becomes a part of who we are and how we live, not just a, a memory or a, a joyful uh, memory, but applying it to life. One commentator I read this week said this, that verses 4 through 9 indicate that all parts of the Israelite body, their time, their family activity, all of Israel's domestic space, which means everything they did at home, and all of Israel's public space, everything they did outside and in the market and in the square, all of these were to be dominated by these words. 
And then Moses has this part in the actual things we can do to remind ourselves. He says, tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your house. Pastor Diana showed a picture. Here's a picture also of, of some phylacteries um, bound on his head and forehead. They, Orthodox Jews are the ones who do this. They take it literally. Also it says to put them on the door frames of your house. And you can see here, these are called mezuzahs, which can be fastened on the side of a door and have Hebrew words on them. We're actually going to make our own a little bit later, a little door hanger. I'll tell you about that in a little bit. Now, these are important for reminders, but this is not a command that we all have to literally do, but it talks about keeping it before us. In fact, we relate that Jesus was actually kind of critical of the Pharisees who were wearing all these things, not because they were wearing them, but Jesus said they wore them, uh, not because they wore them, but because they were showing off. He said, you wear these like, like, like it says you think you're being super spiritual. You, you wear them because you want attention from people to think you're really cool for how religious you are. Jesus says it has nothing to do with what you put on your forehead and on your arms. It's what's in your heart. Just because you wear that thing doesn't mean you're more righteous or that you're okay with God. And then Jesus reminds us all it's more important what's in our heart and how we live. So Jesus wasn't saying don't do it, nor is he saying it's important to do. But he's saying let it really be our heart and how we live that shows that these things are on our mind and in our hands the way we act and in and out of our door as we process and live life with our families. But we're using these symbols today as reminders of these important words and making them part of the day. Diana gave the kids the the glow bracelet and explained the crown that they'll put on. Um, This door hanger, these are on a table in that back end of the room, and when we get to communion, you'll have an opportunity to come and take communion if you want to go as a a family, an individual. There's markers back there, too. They are not Sharpies, I'm happy to say. Um, But uh, you can make one here. You can put love the Lord your God or your favorite text of Scripture and just put it by your door, whichever door you go in and out of the most, just as a reminder uh, to you and if you have children near home or grandchildren around to a reminder of God's love. It's just a little reminder that keeps the Word of God before us and keeps the important important things before us, to remember the important things, one God whom we love and obey and serve. Now today, as followers of Jesus, we're going to do another thing as a reminder. In fact, um, it's a word that's, that's always on there, and sometimes the tablecloth comes over, but this is not a word we use in this form a lot, but it says, this do in what? Remembrance. Of me, which is the way some versions of the scripture read here. Some say in more contemporary translations, do this in remembering me, or remembering me, do this. And so it speaks here of the Lord's Supper that we'll, um, we'll share together in just a few minutes. It's another, <clears throat> it's another visual reminder, but it's an active reminder. Jesus said, I know you're going to need reminders uh, often. So do this often. Do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. And, and, and as you do it, you're reminding people of who I am, that I come, that I am the Son of God. I have revealed the Father's love to you. I have provided the opportunity for your sins to be forgiven in my blood. And I've given you a way to live your life for God in and through me. But do this. Do this. Not that because it does anything magical for you or in you, but it's this constant reminder that I lived and died and rose again and want to be intimately involved in every part of your life as you live as a follower of God. And so the table today comes as a reminder to us, but it also comes as the very presence of Christ to us that we're reminded that he is here with us. 
You know, those of us that are reading through the first five books of the Bible are kind of marveling at this reality that for the Jewish people wandering in the wilderness, God was really right there. I mean, the tabernacle was right there and there was a fire and cloud and God was right there. Jesus is right here. He says, I will be with you when you gather. I will be with you when you, when you do this. In a sense, you participate with me. You proclaim my grace and truth. And so today, as we take communion, we remember the most important things. That God is one. We love him with all our heart, soul, and strength in how we live. And we embrace the fullness of who he is as we embrace our faith and our walk in Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray, and then in a moment, we're going to uh, share some simple words as we get ready for the table. Today, this is how we're going to be doing communion. We're going to have three different stations up front. We'll have two of our leaders here, two of our leaders here, and two over here. And then Pastor Diana will be back by the soundboard for the children to go to her with your crown. She'll help you put those on. And then back over there is a table with some markers and door hangers. If you want to do that, you can do those first. Come up front. Come whenever you are ready as the music plays. We'll be, the music playing will be Christ be all around me. It's not a coincidence. Uh, just a reminder of his presence here. So that's how we'll do communion. And as you come forward, there's a, uh, it's a gluten-free piece of bread. You take it from the one person, and the next leader will hold the cup, and you dip it into the cup, uh, and that's how we will do it. Let's pray. Lord, we have so many things in our life we have to remember. But we thank you for the clarity that comes from the word today, that what we remember first of all is who you are, and then what it means about who we are and then what it means about how we are to live this life. And so we want to embrace you, Lord Jesus, as we prepare now for this supper. And we pray it in your name. Amen.